What's going on, Hardliners? Welcome to His Hardline for another episode of 1% with Him. Remember, every day we need to spend at least minimum 15 minutes with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Dig a little bit in the Bible and spend a little time in prayer, you know what I mean? If you can't do that, just join us here at His Hardline. We'll get it done. Drop. And don't forget to check out our website, www.hisheartline.com. We're happy to have you. Let's get started. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you're at in the world. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side, because they are the ones in charge. They are the hosts. They are the ones behind the wheel, and they are steering this ship through these crazy, chaotic waters that we call life. So welcome. Glad to have you here. But remember, like I always say, you hand your life over 100% over to Jesus Christ and God, and you trust in them with 100% faith. You will be steered. Your personal vessel will be guided into that safe harbor so that you can eventually find yourself peace, anchor out, and get your feet on solid, dry land. So important. Remember, like the Bible says, at least 365 times, right? Fear not. So today uh, is another episode um, of 1% with him here at His Hard Line. We're going to be doing a, a book, uh, a reading out of the book of Romans, chapter 6. I do apologize for the latency. Typically, I like to try to get these. Um, I like to do the 1% with him typically earlier in the afternoon. But this is one of the reasons why I do not try to commit to a typical uh, schedule uh, for live shows because with the nature of my job, uh, it takes a lot out of me sometimes and will take a lot of my time depending on certain unknown variables that might occur throughout the day. But as I got closer to my bedtime and um, after eating some dinner, I started feeling uh, a little, you know, I started feeling like ah, I can't because I, I wanted to do an EDU spot show today as well. But I was like, I, I can't I can't let the day go by without doing a Bible reading. I just can't. I made a commitment to God. And other than podcast free Saturday, I, I can't do that. And so I am here right now before I go to bed and uh, try to get my ugly sleep. Um, but anyway, but before we uh, get into the reading, a couple things I kind of wanted to go over. So I, my, one of my you know pastors that I, I follow on TikTok, I like what he, this one message he was talking about regarding fear. You now are making excuse because of fear. And you're covering it up saying, no, God, I'm waiting on you. He said, I told you this six months ago. I told you I would make a way out of no way. That if you would step, I would guide your steps. But you are still, wait on the Lord. And if you pick the wrong anthem for a season that God has told you to do something else, it's witchcraft. Oh, let me stop. He told you to be single in this season and you praying for a relationship. That's witchcraft. What are you doing? Mm. You're being disobedient. And for many of you, I came to wake you up because I believe that God has called you. Everybody say to launch, launch. In, in victory. Say it with me one more time. Launch in victory with your chest. 
launch in victory. Mm, amen on that. He's so right. God has us exactly right where he needs us in this very time, in the very circumstances and situation that we are in. You know, Jason, I'm struggling with money and I'm at risk of possibly losing my job because of layoffs, because profits are down for my company and I am in the marketing division. And usually the first departments that usually get cut is typically marketing. Okay. I get all that. But you got to remember, what's the old saying that we always hear? I can't remember if it's in the Bible, so I'm not going to say it is, but we have heard it. When one, day, when one door closes, another one opens. Yes. Jason, that's so cliche. Yeah, maybe, but you know how profound that is? Sometimes in order for God to catapult you into a better circumstance, current circumstances and positioning have to be abandoned. You have to move out of that foxhole, if you will, in this life, you know, in this, in this spiritual war that we're in within life. Which, by the way, in case I forgot to mention, it is Monday, October 17, 2022. This has actually been exactly one year since I've been in the National Assembly. Ah, I stand corrected. Within my county assembly in March will be one year when I've been in the state assembly. But anyway, but one year. Sorry, that was a little sidebar. I just it just dawned on me. I didn't uh I didn't, you know, declare the date. But in order for us to move forward, we have to put one step forward of the next. We got to get out of the current situation. Look, it's like you always hear those rags to riches type of stories, right? Where you got some kid growing up in the hood on the streets and he decides to take a leap in faith and pursue his dreams, whether if it's to be a surgeon or whatever. He pursues his dreams that he thinks and feels in his heart that he can do better, that he can move up in the world, but he's not going to do it by staying in the hood. You're not going to be able to accelerate and exceed further in your life if you're stuck in an, in an environment that limits you. So, so what if your finances are limited? So what if you're facing a job layoff? I've, I've suffered layoffs or I, I've suffered, you know, yeah, layoffs and not many of them, but I've suffered through them. I know exactly what it's like to lose a job unexpectedly. Like when you're working for your stepfather, for example, and he commits suicide in the house while you're in it during the middle of a workday about ready to go on a conference call with somebody in Chicago and you go to find somebody that you work for and who you look at as a um, mentor, if you will, of sorts, excuse me. And because of that suicide and having zero exit strategy upon his death for, you know, 
what would happen to his business, I instantly became unemployed in a moment of complete tragedy and trauma. Someday I'll share some of those personal stories. I didn't start this podcast to share personal stories, but if we're ever going to move forward in our life, if we're ever going to move forward in a path that God has for us, we have to step out of our current environment that limits us. That's why I like that video so much that I just played. Here's something else I wanted to play before we get into the reading. A couple other things. This one, so I found this on TikTok. There was a guy, he was talking about a mother in Texas, I believe it was, warning parents, <clears throat> warning parents about the dangers of allowing your kids to watch Hocus Pocus 2. This movie that's all the rage with all the mothers because they like to do, you know, these movie parties. Let, it, it, let's just give this a quick listen. A Texas mother is warning viewers of Disney's Hocus Pocus 2 that it could unleash hell because it's about witches harvesting children for blood sacrifices. She's concerned the film is casting spells on its viewers. Let's unpack these claims. Is it about witches? Yes, the Sandersons are witches. And in my Hocus Pocus 1 and 2 film analysis podcast, we discussed how Sarah Jessica Parker comes from a bloodline of actual witches. Is it about harvesting children? Yes, the Red Witch, aka the Scarlet Woman, is the witch that initiates the girls in the woods and she talks about eating kids and in the first Hocus Pocus they are doing a ritual to suck the life force from the kids so they could live eternally. Is it about blood sacrifices? Yes, the Magica Maxima power spell is the storyline and it's literally about the blood sacrifice in exchange for witch powers. The idea of witches doing blood sacrifices comes from the founder of Wicca, Gerald Gardner, in his Book of Shadows which I detail in the Hocus Pocus 2 podcast. Is it casting spells on the viewers? Maybe. If you look into the world of chaos magic and H.P. Lovecraft, you could argue that it's true. H.P. Lovecraft talked about the Necronomicon spellbook wrapped in human skin, which is basically the spellbook in Hocus Pocus, and we're yet one such translation of the book was alleged to be owned by the Pickman family in Salem. And guess who was the casting director for Hocus Pocus 1? Caroline Pickman from Salem, Massachusetts. So was this mom from Texas taking it way too far? Well, if you listen to my podcast episodes, particularly on Hocus Pocus 1, you'll hear about the actual satanic ritual used in the spellbook in Hocus Pocus that I found. Something far more insidious than the mainstream media is even talking about. What do you think? A Texas mother is warning viewers of... Yeah, well, the mainstream media is definitely not going to talk about it. Why? Because they're complicit in all this witchcraftery. Just like they're not going to talk about what's really going on with the White Hats and what's going on with the National Assembly and the return of our republic. You want to know why? Because they are complicit with the swamp creatures and the elitists around the world to bring down not only America, but to enslave the world, the people of the world. Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just going to put it out there blatantly and honestly and openly. And if I haven't made myself clear in previous shows, let me make myself clear now. The media... And by media, I mean Fox, CNB, and whatever, NBC, CNBC, ABC, CNN. All the major news networks, all of Hollywood, all the movies, all of the major social media networks. And be very careful with podcasts, too. Well, Jason, you have a podcast. Yeah, I know. But again, that's why I always tell you, pray to God and ask for discernment. 
You see how often I get messed with here. It's amazing. I listen to other shows that do, you know, like that have very large followings that are on Podbean, and they don't have nowhere near the amount of issues and attacks that I had. And I am a nobody in this corner of the internet. So that leads me to beg to ask the question, is there somebody behind certain individuals with large followings, with millions upon millions of downloads, backing them? Because you got to remember, Satan is very good at putting out 80% truth so that 20% of the lies can get spun in there. That is the challenge that we're dealing with with the State National Assembly ran by, you know, David Strait, a.k.a. David Crooked and AVR, Bobby Lawrence and all those guys that like to profit off of the republic and try to profit off the American people. To charge you two to $250 a head just to try to show you how to claim your sovereignty and to restore your republic. No. Jason, how'd you go to this topic from witchcraft? My point is this. The media is not going to talk about it. They're not going to talk about the, the the evils behind Hocus Pocus and Hocus Pocus 2 and the actual sorcery behind it. Because, again, they're complicit in it. So, again, the media is not your friend. There's a group of ladies in the next neighborhood that my wife... She knows one of the women because she used to work with her and be friends with her, but she's had a very big falling out of her from her because of what she follows. And her former friend, now an acquaintance, follows and really is getting into the whole witch theme, if you will. Her and three neighbors traveled out to Salem, Massachusetts and went to go tour that town going and touring different sites that were satanic which begs to ask the question should Christians really even accept celebrating Halloween I mean seriously what communion does light have with darkness in, in all actuality I mean if we really think about it what's the focus of Halloween today well, let's kind of break it down in the bullet, you know, in a bulleted list. Well, number one, it's centered around death because, you know, what do you typically see a lot? Gravestones, skeletons, you know, nasty looking corpse type looking monsters. You got, it's all based around fear and horror. Evil, the devil, and the occult. There is absolutely no Christian significance to be found in Halloween. Yes, that's me saying that. Halloween honors Satan. Idol worship, immorality, because, well, Jason, what do you mean immorality? Well, you see how women dress up as naughty little slutty schoolgirls and nurses? Come on. Demonic rituals and human sacrifice? Yeah. Dressing up like witches, ghosts, goblins, sluts, Whores, whatever, you name it. It's all incompatible with 
a Christian's testimony. And yes, Halloween is associated with demons and witchcraft and superstition. Make no mistake. Question, should Christians celebrate Halloween? In this video, I'll answer that question from a biblical perspective. And afterwards, I'll point you to some helpful resources. So stick around to the end. Whether or not Christians should celebrate Halloween can be a very controversial topic. Some Christians celebrate Halloween simply by dressing up in a costume and having fun seeing it as innocent and harmless. Other Christians are equally convinced that Halloween is a satanic holiday established to worship evil spirits and promote darkness and wickedness. So, who is right? Is it possible for Christians to celebrate Halloween without compromising their faith? Halloween, no matter how commercialized, has almost completely pagan origins. As innocent as it may seem to some, it is not something to be taken lightly. Christians tend to have various ways to celebrate or not to celebrate Halloween. For some, it means having an alternative harvest party. For others, it is staying away from the ghosts, witches, goblins, etc., and wearing innocuous costumes. For example, little princesses, clowns, cowboys, superheroes, etc. Some choose not to do anything, electing to lock themselves in the house with the lights turned off. With our freedom as Christians, we are at liberty to decide how to act. Scripture does not speak at all about Halloween, but it does give us some principles on which we can make a decision. In Old Testament Israel, witchcraft was a crime punishable by death. The New Testament teachings about the occult is clear. In Acts chapter 8, verses 9-24, through 24, the story of Simon shows that occultism and Christianity don't mix. The account of Elymas, the sorcerer, in Acts chapter 13, verses 6-11, through 11, reveals that sorcery is violently opposed to Christianity. Paul called Elymas a child of the devil, an enemy of righteousness, and a perverter of the ways of God. In Acts chapter 16, at Philippi, a fortune-telling girl lost her demon powers when the evil spirit was cast out by Paul. The interesting matter here is that Paul refused to allow even good statements to come from a demon-influenced person. In Acts chapter 19 shows converts who have abruptly broken with their former occultism by confessing, showing their evil deeds, bringing their magic paraphernalia, and burning it before everyone. So, should a Christian celebrate Halloween? Is there anything evil about a Christian dressing up as a cowboy or princess and going around the block asking for candy? No, there's not. Are there things about Halloween that are anti-Christian and should be avoided? Absolutely. If parents are going to allow their children to participate in Halloween, they should make sure to keep them from getting involved in darker aspects of the day. If Christians are going to take part in Halloween, their attitude dress, and most importantly, their behavior should still reflect a redeemed life. There are many churches that hold harvest festivals and incorporate costumes, but in a godly environment. There are many Christians who hand out tracts that share the gospel along with the Halloween candy. The decision is ultimately ours to make, but as with all things, we are to incorporate the principles of Romans 14. We can't allow our own convictions about a holiday to cause division in the body of Christ, nor can we use our freedom to cause others to stumble in their faith. We are to do all things as to the Lord. Hungry for more? Subscribe so you don't miss the next video. Yeah, no, what he says makes sense. It's all a matter of intent and, like he said, your attitude and your actions and how you dress, but I still am in the opinion, and again, this is Jason Jones's opinion. This doesn't make it fact. It doesn't make it that you have to follow this opinion. I'm just simply giving you my opinion because we all have them. They're like noses. Everybody's got one, right? So my opinion, now there's two opinions. 
Now, Rita in California, who's part of the California General Journal Assembly, I like what she said because, and I, I'm wondering if she got this idea from here because she's the one that told me about this website, uh, gotquestions.org, which is great. And this is actually where I got that video from, as a matter of fact. And I like the fact that she was saying, you know, you try to take something dark and you 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 incorporate light into it, right? You you in, you inject the salvation of Christ into it, right? Light to dark, right? Or whatever, excuse me, dark to light. Had a little bout of uh, confusion there for a second, but dark to light. Handing out uh, gospel tracts instead of candy, right? Dressing appropriately, but see, the other side of my opinion is, I, I I get the whole infiltrate the enemy and the evil behind it, right? The occultic practices and the meaning and intent behind this holiday with, you know, godly type things, right? And Jesus. But at the same time, I just don't want to participate in something like this that is completely satanic. Because here's the thing. I could go walk around the neighborhood with my daughter and my wife, okay, dressed like uh, Noah and his family, right? Or like, you know, any, any good godly type of character in the Bible. But I'm if I'm walking around with my daughter up and down the streets of my neighborhood, we're still seeing the dark aspects of the occultic and satanic nature of the holiday. Skeletons, you're seeing the evil decor, depending on how much money people are putting in to their decorations, you're seeing spiders and ghosts and this and that. And some people put on a pretty good production. I mean, trust me, I I, I used to be one of those guys to like, really woke up and was like, what am I doing? You're still seeing it. Look, it's like when we have a couple that my wife and I are friends with, if we know full well that there's a lot of strife in their marriage, they cheat on each other. There's just, it's just, it's toxic. It's a toxic marriage. Yeah, sure. We can try to inject Christ as much as we want and have godly type of conversations when they're within our four walls of our home. But who's to say that they wouldn't try to, you know, again, talk about their drama, about what they're doing behind the other's back. I don't want that in my four walls. You you catch what I'm saying? So you could do your best to inject Christ and God and light into something that's satanic. But at the end of the day, I don't want to invite that in my within my four walls of my home. Absolutely not. That's just, again, that's my opinion. So now we get into the reading of Romans chapter 6, New American Standard Bible. And again, I do apologize for the latency. Um, my nature of my job can create a lot of unknown variables, which is one of the reasons why I do not have a set start time. If it ever gets to the point in a few years down the road, few months, few years, or heck, even a decade down the road, where somehow I can be backed and financially supported doing this full-time. My goal is to do this show three times a day, six days a week, and have a set time that not only will I be on time for, but early. 
and provide even more valuable content. But again, all in God's timing, I'm not going to force that. I'm not going to even try to, you know, focus on how that would work. That's not, those are plans that are not to be seen by my mind or my eyes. So I do apologize for the latency, but like I said, I wanted to do an EDU spot today. Obviously that's not going to happen, but I could not let the night go by without doing a 1% with him because I made a commitment to God. I cannot break that commitment. And I was feeling like complete garbage because when I got home after a nice long late day, I hit my recliner. I was going to take a 20 minute nap and get up. And then I was going to start doing the podcast. 20 minutes turned into two hours. I was dead. And I ate dinner and I looked at my wife. I said, you know, I feel like a slacker not doing the 1% with him. She goes, well, go do it then. I said, you know what? All right. So here I am. <laughs> All right. Romans chapter six, New American Standard Bible, starting with verse one. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? Far from it. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Or shall we say then, are we to continue in sin? So, hold on a second. Did I already do this? Hold on. See, now, now I'm having a part here for a moment. Give me about two seconds. I need to just look back on a previous podcast show. Okay, no, I didn't. Whew, it was Romans chapter 5 I did. Man, it seems like some of these chapters kind of blend, blend, blend together. My apologies, guys. Okay. Starting with verse 2. Now, far from it, how shall we who died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For the one who has died is freed from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all time. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. So you too consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive in God in Jesus Christ. Therefore, sin is not to reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lust and do not go on presenting the parts of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who are alive from the dead and your body's parts as instruments of righteousness for God. For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. What then are we to sin? Because we are not under the law, but under grace. Far from it. Do you not know that the one to whom you present yourselves as slaves for obedience, you are slaves of that same one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness? But thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin, you become obedient from the heart to that from of 
teaching to which you were entrusted. And after being freed from sin, you became slaves to righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented the parts of your body as slaves to impurity into lawlessness, resulting in further lawlessness, so now present your body parts as slaves to righteousness, resulting in sanctification. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in relation to righteousness. Therefore, what benefit were you then deriving from things of which you are now ashamed? For the outcome of those things is death. But now, having been freed from sin and enslaved to God, you derive your benefit resulting in sanctification and the outcome, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. But the gracious gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And that is the whole reading of Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 23. little side note before I get into, you know, the, the summary here of what Romans chapter 6 means. I just started doing a scripture in 60 is what it's called. It's on TikTok. If you follow his hard line on TikTok, I encourage you guys to go check it out. Like the page if you would be so kind. I do two things. Well, three things. I do these stupid, witty one-liner jokes and stupid dad jokes. Some are good. Some suck. I played one for my wife, one I did yesterday. She's like, wow, that seemed kind of dark. I'm like, yeah, it did kind of seem a little violent. But it was funny. I, I read it, and I was like, ooh, I like this one. And so I did it. <laughs> um, but a lot of it is just, you know, stupid, witty one-liner dad jokes. Um, and then I do this thing called scripture in 60. So I just do a 60 second, second soundbite video. And I read at least, I try to read at least minimum six to seven verses. And between yesterday and today was out of the book of Proverbs 16 yesterday and Proverbs 24 today. So check that out. If you're just, you know, scrolling through TikTok, like the page, it's just a, a good way to, um, you know, just get it, just inject a little, little Bible in you. You know, if you don't want to listen to 15, you know, 20, 30, 40 minutes of this here, you just want to listen to only 60 seconds to Jason, and that's it. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Oscar was saying my favorite one was, How do you make holy water? <laughs> yeah. How do you make holy water? You burn the hell out of it. <laughs> and thank you, Zero in Michigan. I do appreciate your kind words. He says, God's grace be with you, Brother Jason. I really appreciate that. Thank you very, very much. Um, you know, I really like this community here. In fact, I don't even just like the community. I love the community here. You guys are all wonderful. Um, there's such a good amount of people here, and I do appreciate all of you. Um, so back to Romans chapter 6. So Paul tackles the question of why Christians should not continue to sin once we have been declared righteous by God because of faith in Christ. And it does raise a good question. Now, after all, Paul's recent teaching declared that we are no longer under the law of Moses, and God's grace will always increase to cover our sinfulness. Now, knowing nothing but that, it's reasonable to ask why Christians shouldn't indulge in our desire to sin. And I have a couple of friends that are self-proclaimed Christians, and they make the same argument. They're like, oh, well, no matter how much I sin... God's always going to forgive me. It's like, well, eh, I don't know if I really like that philosophy. It's like, just because 
God's grace increases as sin abounds doesn't mean that gives us a hall pass to do whatever the heck we want. At least that's kind of my opinion. And so Paul's first answer is that, you know, we don't have to do what sin tells us to do any longer. So why would we keep doing it? And so then he continues to reveal more information about what happens when a person comes to faith in Christ on a spiritual level. And we experience a spiritual death to sin rather than to God and rebirth that parallels Jesus' own physical death and resurrection. And we are raised to a new spiritual life. Now, in fact, by faith in Christ, we become so closely connected to him that this particular spiritual death is a death to sin itself. And that reason we are not slaves to sin any longer is because our old self was crucified. Dead men are freed from their old masters and sin can't tell us what to do anymore. And we are literally dead to sin in Christ. And you can find that referenced in Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 11. But Paul seems to say that we still have a daily choice to make. However, however, we have been freed from the penalty of sin. We are forgiven. We have also been freed from the authority and power of sin. What we haven't fully lost is our desire to sin. Because unfortunately, sin still attracts us. God knew that. The old habits and ways of thinking still come naturally to us. Why? Because we were born in a fallen world. That's why Paul tells us to stop giving our bodies over to be used by sin, but rather give them over instead to be used by God for righteousness. We're alive now. Why live like sin still owns us? I've told this Numerous times to you guys, some of you may know, some of you might not know if you're new to the show. I used to be a DJ. I'll be honest with you. I loved doing that. That was cool. I did that for about eight and a half years. When I say I was a DJ, no, not a wedding DJ, not a bedroom DJ or a birthday or a school prom DJ. No, I was uh, in the nightclubs for eight and a half years. I DJed also for an arena football team in Fort Myers, Florida. That's how I got connected with a few rappers in Dallas, Texas, that I started working for an independent record label down outside of the uh, outskirts of Dallas in a, in a nice rich area called McKinney. Very beautiful, beautiful area. I lived what I thought at the time was some of the best years of my life. Now, don't get me wrong. I had a lot of fun, but I was also living in sin quite abundantly. I mean, really, constant, never-ending drinking, smoking, cigarettes, and weed. Staying up till 4, 5, 6 in the morning, partying and working in the studio, sleeping until 1, 2 in the afternoon, getting up and doing it all over again. I mean, we lived our lives in the dark and slept in the day when light was out. But let me tell you something. What I didn't know being in and out of these nightclubs, getting comfortable to speaking on the microphone in front of people, hundreds of people, getting a nightclub and just engaged with you. There's, I've always said there's never been a better feeling for me than getting a whole nightclub that's filled with three, 400 people just going crazy 
everything you say, they react to you. It's amazing. But see, what I didn't know is that life that I was living, the dead me, living in the night, living in the dark, pursuing sins of the flesh, literally living abundantly in sin, making terrible decisions, promiscuity beyond belief, in and out of hotels, traveling coast to coast, north to south, east to west. Yes, I've DJed from New Hampshire all the way out to New Mexico and as far north as Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan, all the way down to South Florida and Texas and everything in between. Yeah. Big college towns. You, you, yeah, you bet. What I didn't know is that life I was living, getting comfortable behind the microphone, was setting me up to be here in this seat talking to all of you. And who knows how big God's going to make this, this platform. I don't know. Quite frankly, I don't care. I do, but let me let me clarify. Let me qualify that statement. I don't care because I don't. What I mean by I don't care is it could stay at three hundred, or it could go to grow to three million followers. I don't care. The people I see right here listening live, if that's all I ever had from now until death, assuming they don't die before me. If this is all I had, it's still worth coming on here every single day. Even if it's one soul on the listener board, it's worth for me to keep coming on here because that tells me that whatever I'm doing is making a difference to that one man or woman. And I will never let that one man or woman down, which is why I pushed my ASS out of my dad recliner because my heart was feeling guilty for not doing any show. I was like, no, I got to do at least a Bible reading. I have to. I have to. I made a commitment to God and for his people. I can't let that down. I can't I can't do that. And so back to the beginning of the show with the whole witchcraft thing and, and hocus pocus and, and should Christians engage in Halloween. My opinion to all that is negative. Now again, I'm not saying you're wrong if you decide to engage in it. I will never say you're wrong. Who am I to judge? I'm no judge. I am just like you. I just choose to not engage with it. Because again, like I said on a previous show, I struggle with the fact that, well, I'm not even getting into it. At the end of the day, we are all on equal footing in the view of God. We just have to make a conscious effort to figure out how are we going to live our life? Are we going to live our lives pursuing to become the best version of ourselves? And by giving glory to God on a daily basis? 
Or are we going to be living for Satan and all his schemes and traps and snares, pursuing sins of the flesh, addicted to pornography, doing drugs, drinking to you black out every weekend, going out and gambling your money away, getting yourself a lady of the night at one in the morning, Sneaking around behind your spouse. I mean, do you want to live like that? Or do you want to live in the righteousness of God and do your best to be a better version of yourself so that you can provide the best version of yourself to other people for the glory of God? Giving yourself to others. Me, I choose that path the giving myself to others for the glory of God. That's what I try to choose. That doesn't make me perfect. That doesn't make me a know-it-all with the Bible. doesn't make me, you know, this, that, and the other. No, 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 no. I just got tired of living in a, in a, in a life full of darkness. Absolutely got sick of living in a life of darkness. No more. Darkness sucks. You bump your, you bump your head into many walls in the dark. When there's light, you don't bump your head anymore. So therefore, you don't have to suffer brain damage. At night, you bump your head a lot. So you're going to suffer a lot of brain damage. I don't want to bump my head. Anyway, but that's all I got for you guys today. I appreciate every single one of you being here today. And again, I do apologize for the latency. But like I said, the nature of my job makes it very challenging to have a set daily scheduled time. One day, God willing, that'll, I'm sure it will happen. But for right now, we're just going to do the best that we can. So I do appreciate each and every one of you. Again, I really do. And so um, with that, we will do a prayer. So, oh, Father in heaven, thank you for getting my butt up out of the chair to do this <laughs> you knew I didn't want to but because you blessed me with a wonderful wife who said well why don't you just get up and just go do it stop making excuses so here I am thank you father for that thank you for a good wife thank you for my family another day of life and good health and thank you for all the people here in this community at his hard line I really do appreciate that I appreciate your people here and I will always pray and ask you, God, that you always guide my thoughts, guide my words, guide my actions so I can serve you first and foremost to the best and most, you know, the, to the fullest capacity that I know how for not just you, but for everyone here. And thank you for everybody's life in good health in this community and anybody who still does not know about His Heart Line. I just pray that you guide more people to this platform, and I know you will. Everything's in your timing. But thank you. And just guide us in this life. And we ask for your forgiveness for our sins. We ask to, you know, for repentance. Please amend our lives. Build us, rebuild us from the inside out. And we invite your son, Jesus Christ, in our heart. So thank you for all you do. In your holy son's name, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So, I do, again, I can't say it enough. I thank each and every one of you for, for coming here and joining me. 
And if you could, please share the show. Um, share the podcast. Email it to someone. Social media. Text it. Whatever you got to do. We need to grow this. And quite frankly, that's the best donation anybody could give me is spread this word. Spread the podcast. That's the best thing anyone can do. I take this podcast being spread and seeing the fellowship grow here at his hard line over any financial donation seriously yes money pays the bills but you know what god blessed me with a good job so i'm not worried about that aspect of it i'm worried about getting the word of god out and trying to get people to invite christ in their heart because ultimately i want to store up my treasures in heaven so when i die i want to be able to face god and answer him honestly and openly. Yes, I did my absolute best to sow seeds and get people turned to Christ. Because quite frankly, living in this world as a billionaire means absolutely nothing to me compared to having eternal life in, in heaven and being in the presence of the Holy, Holy, Holy. That's where I want to be. That's that's the treasure I'm storing up. I don't care about these fake fiat dollars. I don't care about the silver that I'm stacking. I don't care about any of that. So anyway, remember, here at His Heart Line, we are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. And we will continuously keep coming here to keep pushing the enemy back on the other side of the line. Because this is His Heart his hard Line. Who? It's Jesus' line. It's God's line. And we are his remnant warriors that will push him on the other side. Thank you for joining us here at His Heart Line. And come back tomorrow. We will have a His Heart Line discussion or an EDU spot. I'm not sure what yet. And a 1% with him. God bless. Have a wonderful night or day, wherever you're at in the world. We'll see you then. Ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the day. Thank you for joining us here at His Heart Line. Remember, we need to spend at least 15 minutes each day with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That is literally 1% of our time on a daily basis. Spend a little time in the Bible, spend some time in prayer. And you'd be amazed what Jesus will do to you. And don't forget to check out our website, www.hishardline.com, for all the latest updates.